0: The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at your techreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Yes, indeed,
2: it is Your Tech Report. I'm Mark Aflalo, As always, joined by my cohort, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles, California. Mitchell, before I get to all the fun stuff like social media,
1: how are you? I'm good. I'm good. And I, I, I like being your cohort because uh, I just like the way it sounds. Everything is really good here. I'm excited because there's some uh, specific gadgets I'm very jazzed to be talking about. I'm jazzed, Mark. And I'm making jazz hands because I'm so jazzed.
2: Follow us. Online, on Twitter, it is at yourtechreport on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. Our email address is contact at yourtechreport.com. And of course, if you want to follow us and hear some archival shows, some great interviews, it's on the pages of yourtechreport.com.
1: You know you know what's really sad? that Well, it isn't sad. Obviously, we love having a radio show. We love having all of our listeners. But that we're not a television show right now because people would have seen, as you were talking us in, I crammed... Half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich into my. Go- I I was I was so hungry I had to smash it into my face. But I wish people could have seen it because it was amusing. Amusing radio.
2: There is a there is a statement in radio which is, uh, don't don't. Point out your mistakes because the odds are that no one caught it unless you, of course, now bring it up and now What's you're talking a about. It. I'm not just saying now everybody knows that you were eating a, a sandwich right before the show and this is it, this is how we have that, to start. Uh, that,
1: that's not a mistake. A mistake would be oh I mispronounced that person's name or oh my god I forgot to put my pants on for the show. But that would also be good radio.
2: Mitchell, we've got a wonderful show lined up for everybody. Um, no interviews this week. I figured we're going to take some time Aww. off from interviews. We have a lot of people lined up over the coming weeks to come. Yes, we do. And we've had some great ones like uh, D Link last week and of course Intel and all our C E S interviews. But we're gonna go hands on because we've got some great stuff in hand. I will tease you with the Nintendo new three D S L XL, sorry, three D S XL Pirates Jumping Sumo and we're gonna talk all about some drones as well. Oh, um, yeah? and of course I've been I've been teasing everybody with the Surface Pro 3. I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to break down the good, the bad, the ugly of the Surface Pro 3, plus some cool things I've managed to play with on the Surface, like the new Office Touch app, Skype translator. All that is lined up in this exciting show, Mitchell.
1: Now, let me ask you this. Did you keep your word? Because when we were talking, when you were teasing, shamelessly teasing your Surface Pro 3 review, and unlike other, you know, outlets, unlike other media outlets, other shows, we don't, you know, a a device doesn't come out and then we review it after, you know, a half a day with it. You wanted to spend some time with it. Now, did you stick to your word and basically use this as your go-to device for the last several weeks? You have been using it exclusively, yes? I have not used
2: anything else. I took the opportunity to bring my MacBook Pro in for some repairs. Um, I put my iPad aside. I used... The Surface Pro 3, for good or for bad, for absolutely everything on my day-to-day mobility. I still had to use my desktop for, for, obviously work and production and stuff like that. But I did use it, and I, I will break it all down for you on the uh, as we get through today's show. It's a fun, it's a fun, fun show lined up for you, Mitchell.
1: I think you liked it. I think you liked it. So, so, so like let's,
2: a, let's go straight into the news of the week. We're probably going to take okay, a couple seconds to talk about this because it's, it's been a fun week. One what, what of the notables that I've, I saw this week is uh, Microsoft is giving away Office 365 access to any student in the New York City public school system, which is something that is obviously amazing, and I think they should be doing across the board everywhere.
1: Uh, absolutely and it makes me wonder because I am a you know a displaced New Yorker I've been living in Los Angeles for the last 25 years it does make me want to go back and sort of reclaim my New York roots to say hey you want to uh, reclaim I, your can...
2: office 365 subscription it, I it, it, <laughs> but
1: that's really it's really shameless I know it's like you know what my kids technically are kind of New York kids because they have a New York dad. no this is great and what we're seeing now is you know Apple obviously made a huge name for themselves in the classroom uh, even before they were the number one smartphone or you know the an emerging uh, great laptop manufacturer Great desktop manufacturer, they started out by in the great, kind of like a grassroots effort mark by getting entrenched in the classroom yeah. years ago, decades ago, because they know that if kids start using these devices, if kids start using software, they will grow up wanting to continue being adults using that. And I think <clears throat> for Microsoft to do this as well, first of all, it's great PR for them. Second of all, Office 365 is a great product. We've been using it on iPads, probably on Surface Pro 3, which we'll hear about later. Uh, it's great software. And in a lot of cases, I think you even said this, Mark, the mobile versions of Microsoft's great apps turn out to be as good, if not even better, than the desktop class version. And, you know, So the kids can use them on their iPads, their laptops. I think it's a great move, a great PR move, too.
2: I, I think it's, it's all about the PR at this point. Obviously, yes, they're giving to people who don't necessarily have the money to afford it themselves. And yes, it's getting people into the, 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 the software early. It's 1.1 million students in the New York City Public School District, which is very cool. So people are asking the obvious question is, how is Microsoft making money? Well, they're not on this one. They're, they're the, it's a PR move, but they're also giving back to the community. So this is, I think, kudos to Microsoft on this one. And I think we're going to see this go, uh, go, go a long lengths.
1: Absolutely. And I think going to the digital model, we've seen Microsoft be a little bit more generous, even with their, you know, with their non-New York school student, non-New York student school people everywhere around the world, everyone. Because I went online last night and I happened to be looking in the App Store and it reminded me all of the, you know, the Microsoft apps, you know, Word, whatever you're looking at, it, they're all free within app purchases that give you more functionality. So yes. they are still giving you the core products for free. But of course, the New York City students you're talking about will have the full version for free. Everyone else gets the you know you know the in purchase model.
2: So last week we did a little hands on kind of mini review of new uh, OS 10 Photos, which is replacing iPhoto in an, one of the upcoming updates from Apple in uh, OS 10 Yosemite. Uh, what we have found out this week is that Apple will no longer be selling. Aperture once OS 10 photos is released. This brings <sighs> me back. It, it, it instantly brings me back to when they released this newfangled version of Final Cut Pro or Final Cut 10 that had a. a a lesser feature set, so to speak. Final Cut Express you're talking about, yes. No, no, not even Final Cut Express. Final Cut Pro 10 had a lower feature set because they were upgrading it for 64-bit and had features that Final Cut Pro did not have. And people were really pissed off to the point that they brought a lot of those features back. So the question is, did they do their homework this time? And will photos bring all the features the pros want from Aperture into that app? We don't know yet.
1: Well, this is, you know, Mark, this is kind of uh, one of the downsides of what Apple has been doing. Not a downside, but something that I'm not a big fan of. And I think you've seen this. You just mentioned it, of course, with what they're doing now by, you know, phasing out Aperture, what they did by watering down Final Cut Pro. And this is something, Mark, I don't know how you feel about this, but Apple has a tendency and a history of taking their really well-received prosumer and professional software. Yeah. And once they become more mainstream and once they get more fans and more users they cut back and they make a more consumer-friendly version of the product, basically watering down the prosumer or professional version to the point where a lot of the features that people, professionals or prosumers were using are now gone in an effort to, bake, to give them a wider user base, a wider audience. So really, they're losing a lot of their professionals and a lot of their the people that have been fans and helping them de- develop these products for years just to appeal to a wider audience. And I, I kind of think alienating, a good segment of the people that were hardcore Apple fans using the more sophisticated software. So yay to the average consumer that will get more than they're used to, but sort of a shame for the professional user that's going to be getting less than they're used to. Is that a fair assessment?
2: It's a fair assessment. We really don't know at the end of the day what the software is going to bring, so we can't really make a judgment call at this point, but I think we'll hear fairly quickly whether or not this is a widely accepted or denied. And I, and I think that Apple will do their job to respond to it and bring those features back that people want to it. So, So hopefully, you know, it's not going to be this big uproar like it has been in the past.
1: Do we, have a, do we have a date yet for when we're going to see the actual, the new photo app launch? This is the
2: first time we've seen it in any kind of beta at all since they announced that they were going to be re- re- revitalizing this whole app. So no, we have no clue, but it's going to be in, 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 I mean, it's in the 10.10.3 beta update. So whenever that is released, most likely somewhere in time to the Apple Watch or different things like that, we'll see it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we do have this media event coming up uh, late February. We don't rumored have a date media yet. Event. Rumor, yeah, a rumored <laughs> media event. It's going to happen. We don't know when. Uh, and I'm sure that will be something that is touched on then with all the news that we're getting now about, you know, Aperture not being renewed and all that stuff. So,
2: so Sling TV is obviously this new offering from our folks at, at Slingbox. I yeah. did not realize, Mitchell, and this is, I guess, ignorance on my part, that that Sling TV is an actual offering of Dish Network. Uh, in the U.S., it's not just like the Sling folks. It's a Dish Network offering or a partnership with them that gives people access to cable TV, basically, completely wireless. You don't need a set-top box, don't need an antenna. It's all on the Internet. It's streaming. They are now going to be available on Amazon's Fire TV, and if you subscribe for a certain period of time, I think it's a year, you're going to save 50 bucks off the retail price of the Fire TV if you prepay for the service. So they're getting pretty aggressive in not only making sure that you can access this on other devices, which is cool, much like the channels on Apple TV and the Roku, etc., right. etc., but they're also partnering up with people and giving you discounts that do benefit you.
1: And, you know, it wasn't that long ago when we first heard about Sling TV, and they were a hardware company. It was a hardware device. They still They still distributed that. Right. They still distributed the hardware model, but basically the piece of hardware would attach to your home – well, that would be dish receiver – before it was any, you know, whether it was your cable receiver or your satellite receiver – And this device would then send you a streaming signal to a mobile device wherever you are. But now, you know, a lot of times now they can just go with a direct digital model without having to have the hardware attachment. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And you brought up a good point. Dish is being very aggressive. And I think Dish has to be aggressive because of the success that DirecTV still has. DirecTV still has, to an extent, an exclusive. Now it's becoming more semi-exclusive deal uh, with the NFL. So you know, now that you know, Dish is looking for any angle they can to sort of cut into that market share, and I like it because once again much like we're seeing with data plans from the mobile carriers it's great for the consumer the more these two giants compete with each other the lower you'll see your monthly subscription fees come down the lower hopefully you know packages like the NFL package will come down so it's great for us go at it you guys let the giant let the corporate giants battle it out because in the end the consumers are the ones that are going to win Absolutely. Let's
2: talk about Samsung for a second, because their next flagship phone is going to be the Galaxy S6, if they call it that, we're our assumption is they're going to call it that, correct? Yeah, I think it's a good assumption. Mobile World Congress is around the corner. It's in March. A lot of companies, a lot of European companies, make their debuts of different products and services, such as this device, and we're seeing some leaks, some renders. We're hearing two things. We're hearing the Galaxy S6 will probably hit retail markets March 22nd, which is immediately following Mobile World Congress. What we're also seeing is that a very very kind of iPhone-type design, which we know they tend to do. Yeah, Um, we've seen that. But we're hearing that this is going to be a powerhouse of a phone. This is really going to have one of the fastest processors on the market. They're really going to up the tempo on the camera side of things, bringing way more than the, the 8, 10, 12 megapixels that we've seen on devices to date, of course, with the exception of the Lumia. But we're also expecting to see a variation in the, in the Galaxy Edge, so we're n- not in the Note side of things. We're going to see this curved display come into the form factor of those 5-inch phones, which is interesting to see.
1: It really is interesting, and we're still waiting. You know, our friends at Samsung are great about getting us devices that we have hands-on time with, that we can do long-term reviews with and on. Um, we still haven't gotten our hands on the original Edge. Uh, and this is something... That I'm, I think I'm I'll of, get it first. You know, you might get it first from your friends over at Rogers, because yeah. the Rogers, uh, the Edge device is going to be the first one that they are using their new technology, right? Their Category 5 technology, what is it? I think that's what it category was, Category 6 yeah. technology, Category, exactly, category yeah. 6, it's a one of them. Um, So yeah, and I, I, the Edge is one of those interesting devices where I really want to see if it's more uh, gimmicky and gadgy than it is useful with the sort of the bleed-around design. Yeah. I do want to get my hands on that, but the Galaxy S6, I mean, how far do you think they're willing to go away from the model that they've had that's been so successful? The Galaxy S line, every iteration, it seems to get better and better, but isn't it interesting, Mark, to see how companies take different approaches. Samsung upping the megapixels, Apple upping on the software side, so I'm kind of intrigued to see where they're going next, aren't you?
2: Well, it's mm-hmm. interesting because the, the rumored specifications for the new S6 is a 5.1-inch is a diagonal display, so that accounts okay. for an edge if they have one or not, and uh, a, an 8-core processor.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah,
2: 256 gigs of maximum storage and a 20-megapixel camera.
1: Yeah, that's a little crazy. That now you're getting into Lumiaville there with the, with the giant megapixels. But the thing I've liked about Samsung, I, I've always gotten great pictures with Samsung ca- Samsung cameras uh, on their devices. Uh, I also I just think they make really nice camera software. It's simple. Yeah, I find that Android software for cameras has always been very simple, very accessible. Uh, and yeah, I'm 20 megapixels on a Samsung. That's huge. Listen, Lumia, Lumia, the shot has been fired. That's all I'm saying. We we know that our phones have become our go-to
2: point-and-shoot cameras. Absolutely. They're there. They've made it easy to turn on and take a picture. So the quality, and that's what I, when people ask me if they should should get a new iPhone, get a new Galaxy, get a new whatever it is, I always ask them first. I'm saying, what do you do with your phone? If (laughs) if you have kids and they're active, then you're going to want to get the next phone because you want to make sure that those moments are captured in the highest quality possible and people are not traveling around with the SLRs. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of this Galaxy S6 and the S6 Edge if it actually
1: comes to fruition but we'll find out in the next couple weeks I think and that's the nice thing about having having a show like this, where when these things do happen, we inform our audience right away. So yeah, we have a great relationship with Samsung. As soon as we can get, our, as soon as the announcement happens, you guys will know it, obviously. But then, as soon as the devices are released, or at least maybe a couple of weeks in advance of the release, we'll also have some hands-on reviews yes, for you guys. So stay tuned.
2: Yeah. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. I am Marco Flalo in Montreal. We've still got great more news lined up for you. We're going to talk all about drones because there's some controversy coming up about coming up. How happening about drones ever since that DJI drone crashed in the White House lawn? Plus, Rogers announces Easy Pay. This means that you could finance a, a tablet if you want over 24 months, something they've been doing in the States time and time again. Plus, we'll talk about parallels and our Samsung smart TVs inserting unwanted ads into your local content. What? What? All that and more when your tech report continues right here. Your
0: tech report will be right back. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to YourTechReport.com.
2: Absolutely. On Twitter, it's at Your Tech Report. On Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Our email address, contact at YourTechReport.com. In Montreal, Canada, I am Marco Flalo, And in Los Angeles, that is Mitchell. Mitchell's uh, not really paying attention here. Mitchell? Yeah, uh-huh. Mitchell, we're back. Yeah. We're back on the uh, show, Mitchell yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah. What's, you know what, do you know what, you what it is?
2: You're distracted it, by it, something, obviously.
1: I, I'm, I'm on my iPhone right now. Very, you you know, want to know why I'm distracted? And this I, I kind do. of goes along with our news also. Uh, there is a game. There is an app on the iPhone. It is, it is from the folks over at 2K. It is called WWE Supercard. And if you're a WWE fan, you probably know about this this card-based game already. Basically, like I said, it's a card-based game for your mobile device. Uh, It's a collectible card game, but it also lets you um, use these cards and, and challenge other players with your cards. <laughs> it's, it's a card battling game. You use your wrestlers oh, to battle other cards of other wrestlers. And, you know, you can also... Uh, it is so addicting. And now WWE Supercard just got an update that adds new cards. It adds oh, something God. called Fusion Chamber. Get this. You can take a bunch of your WWE Superstar cards and combine them. And each card has statistics speed, uh, toughness strength, and when you combine in the Fusion Chamber, it creates a new <laughs> card with even better stats And, I'm and you can doing challenge people to- with those? You, you play other players oh, all over so the cool. world and you know you challenge them with your cards. I have a pretty good deck I'm... of cards here, I must admit, but I- I'm just completely obsessed. My son Ryan and I, we play this game all the time and it's driving my wife crazy So yeah, WWE Supercard, go download it. Uh, it's, it's a great game, but I warn you it's addictive and I've already made too many in-app purchases. I'm very ashamed of myself. My wife is playing. addicted
2: yeah. to panda pop. Panda pop. Everybody has these games and these games go in these circle of friends and sounds like it, an
1: illegal soda. It's
2: it's like it's all a variation of Tetris. You pop these things and oh, free gotcha. these pandas. And I played it the first <laughs> time and I'm not getting very far. My wife's really ahead of me. And then she then she I saw her play it and I realized how to actually play it properly that you can do things a little easier and you can direct the way your little bubbles go and the second (laughs) that happened it clicked in my head how to easily get through this game and i've surpassed everybody i can possibly think of because the logic is now there it's like i see the matrix now i see the matrix i know exactly how to do it yeah exactly so
1: well that's what happened with the wwe i mean as soon as i started (laughs) playing this game uh you know, I, I, it's like, oh, you know, you get some cards and you, you put together a deck of cards and you, you try and line up the arrows because each car, each player has their four different arrows up, down, left, right, and if you have opposing arrows, they get a power boost. So I finally started getting the hang of this, and now again, we try and have like device-free meals, which we always do, but device-free sections of time at home, like okay, no <laughs> devices now, you hey, need to read you know it was going fine until this darn game from yeah, I'm darn sure. you 2K I'm folks sure. putting out a great mobile game like this <laughs> super cards is ruining my life
2: so if you've seen the Blackberry Passport you remember this this is the square passport-sized device, looks like a passport, right. with a small chiclet-type keyboard on the bottom. Funny enough, it's getting more a uh, better reception than the BlackBerry Classic is. They are reducing this price for Valentine's Day by $100 in the U.S., $125 in Canada. So if you are looking and are interested in getting on board with the BlackBerry platform and its new OS and and this device, which is a, really, it's a, it's a, it's a kick-ass device, it really is performance-wise, uh, software-wise, everything is, is there that you might want. If you're into that, you can save some Money this weekend because it's Valentine's Day.
1: Yeah, we keep on reporting that, you know, we keep on talking about, oh, poor Blackberry, and oh, if they'd only made moves earlier, if they'd only gotten on board with the smartphone. Yet here they are. They're still trekking there. They're still trekking forward, which I love. And I'm still hoping that we will see something in the future. And again, as we keep telling people, both on both in Canada and the states here, by the way, great you know, Blackberry, great Canadian company for so many years it's just they have so many intellectual properties on the software side. Yeah. Forgetting about the hardware they make folks, on the software side they hold so many patents, so many intellectual properties, there's too much there for them to do nothing with. So I, I like the fact that they're still there. I'm kind of waiting for that next big thing to come from them and yeah. I hope it does happen, but don't worry folks, they're not going anywhere. They have too much money entrenched in their intellectual properties. They have too much value there.
2: There's also uh, some hot water they might be under because Uh-oh. remember the, uh, the rumors that were circulating that Samsung was going to do like a seven billion dollar buyout of BlackBerry.
1: Yeah, that was well, a while ago. Yeah.
2: There was some suspicious trading going on that they are being investigated for, or the trading is being investigated for to see what might have happened if that rumor was leaked to affect stock pricing. So that's, that's ongoing and we'll, we'll kind of keep you up to date if that has any kind of relevance to what uh, we're talking about here. You,
1: you know what, whoever did this, they may be the same people that are putting those darn Pepsi ads in those Samsung <laughs> yeah, televisions. Yeah, so we I should w. really watch out for both of them together.
2: Yeah. Oh lord. So Windows, Windows 10's technical preview has been out for quite some time. If you're a Windows yes. insider, which anybody can become, you can download Windows 10 onto a device. I did it on the Surface Pro 3. Well, Parallel's desktop, which is the software for a Mac that lets you virtualize Windows so you can run Windows within your Mac platform. Of course, you can do it with Bootcamp and other services um, as well, but Parallels is always, they've always really been on the forefront of this, letting people use Windows on their Mac. They have now updated their version 10 so that it can support all the fun features of the Windows 10 technical preview. So if you want to test that out without really ruining anything, you can install a virtual version of it on your computer and play with it. You can even connect to that with Parallels Access, which is a subscription service but it's free for a while and you can use that on a tablet as well so it's kind of fun to be able to experience that without the worry of harm or if you're not even a Windows user anymore and you're on the Mac operating system you can check it out like I did on the on the surface and realize there is stuff you're missing these days
1: you know you know you just touched on something I was gonna mention which is uh, I think people forget you know they, they look at having Windows on their Apple machine as sort of a novelty but let's not forget it wasn't that long ago that PC magazine conducted an independent test okay And after all their testing on every type of PC, Windows-based, Mac-based, they found that Windows ran best on a Mac computer. (laughs) And I never never forgot that test. So for people out there that are sort of looking to make a move, if you're looking to make a move to Mac hardware for whatever reason, you know, once again, we have no dog in the fight here. We both have PCs, Mark. We both have Macs. We love them equally for different reasons. Uh, But if you are looking to make the jump but don't want to because you don't want to be leaving, uh, you know, the Windows uh, ecosystem or you're just can't let go, you can run not just a decent version of Windows on your Mac, but apparently, according to PC Magazine, the best version of Windows. So it's not a bad thing to look into, not bad software to be looking into.
2: If you frequent Starbucks and you happen to use their app to make purchases and or collect your points... They now will support Easy Pay, of course. Uh, not Easy Pay. What am I saying? Apple Pay. There you go, Mark. Things they they support Apple Pay now, so you can actually <laughs> refill that right from your iTunes account. So if you want to centralize, and this is kind of what's happening, is that they're trying to push people to start using your iTunes account as your your point of purchase for almost everything. But because it supports Apple Pay, you can also use the credit cards that supported et cetera et cetera to refill within the app itself.
1: You know why I think this is important, Mark? And again, something we did talk about in one of our shows there was some confusion of the differentiating for on the consumer and differentiating between okay when do i use apple pay versus when do i use passbook and i don't think apple yet has done a great job of messaging to the consumer okay which one is which okay passbook holds all my gift cards but apple pay i can pay directly so i think by doing this they really have to clarify for users how to do it
2: and and right there's an example of clarifying also the itunes side of things because you have this itunes account that has a credit card assigned to it and you can buy apps and in-app purchases and stuff, but that is not Apple Pay. Apple Pay is for the banks that support it, the credit cards that support it. it. It alone is its own separate entity, which is all, I think, kind of getting melded into one, which kind of confuses people. So... We gotta, you know, we'll, we'll focus on that. I think no, we'll... but you
1: know, but, you know I, think you just, I think you just said it pretty clearly, pretty eloquently. I mean, if you're looking to use your gift cards, that's what Passbook is for. If you're looking to use any of your credit cards or specific, you know, department store cards, that is what Apple Pay is for. So, I think that the lines are blurred when it comes to something like Starbucks because you have people thinking, oh, do I use Apple Pay or can I, well, why don't I just use up the, you know, the the gift card that I have in my yeah. Passbook and then I'll start using Apple Pay after that. But I think that's a, that's a smart way of differentiating.
2: It would be interesting to see if I iTunes itself will one day allow you to just choose your payment method using Apple Pay. You know, you have five credit cards in here. Would you like to to use this one to pay for your iTunes purchases instead of needing a specific card tied to it?
1: Right, right. And less worry for the consumer about overloading one card for every purchase. That's smart. Let's talk about drones for
2: a couple minutes here. Oh, yeah. You're a big fan of drones since the original uh, Parrot AR drone. Correct. They have several iterations. We now have DJI, which is an overseas a Japanese company, if I believe, if if I'm correct, um, who have put out some incredible drones ranging from the consumer side up to the pro side. But there's a lot of controversy going on now because ever since that one drone landed on the White House lawn...
1: It brought- All it takes is one idiot, Mark. Yeah, exactly. All it takes is one idiot, yes. It, it
2: brought to the forefront the fact that there, there have been issues. There have been pilots who have been had some sightings. There was a guy who was sued because, not sued, fined, because he was using it for real estate purposes, and if you use it for commercial gain, you should have a license to do this. The thing is, there is no license to fly a drone. You don't need a license. There's talk about delivery, et cetera, et cetera. What DJI did is, DJI released a firmware update that they have since recalled because of issues, but they will be pushing it again. But this firmware update includes geo-fenced areas that your drone will simply not be able to fly to. Example, let's say my house is that area. You're flying around, yeah, 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 yeah. You try to fly over my house, it will just stop. It will not let you pass that area based on GPS coordinates. Some people are saying, I paid thousands of dollars for my drone. Why are you limiting the way in which I can use it? In my mind, tell me if you agree or disagree. Of course you shouldn't fly this over. No fly zones, low flying aircraft. Um, who, who knows? There are so many places that you should not be, if you used your brain, flying your drones. So if a software is going to help keep things safe, then I think this is where it needs to go.
1: Uh, no, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think what we're all sort of leaning toward here and, and sort of inching toward is the law of common sense. You have to use common sense when it comes to any product, okay? And I think when people start spending more money on a product, like you said, these drones are not cheap, okay? They can go anywhere from like $400 to five, ten thousand dollars 10000 So when people are investing this kind of money, they want oh, I want should be able to, do. well, of course you should be able to do what you want to do, but Got when you get in your car, you should, you should you be able to drive on the sidewalk? Because you want to know there are rules, there are laws, there's common sense. You don't want to put people in danger. You don't want to put other motorists in danger. These drones are incredibly powerful, Mark. These drones, I, mean, I told you, there's a park near, near where I live. And by the way, there are certain laws now that are out there. And you sort of touched on those and they, they bear mentioning. Uh, state parks. I know in California state parks, they are banned. National parks, they are okay state parks they are banned local parks city parks they are okay but even when you're using them in places where they are allowed like your local park again check your local area to make sure there are still rules where i was flying my drone there happened to be some um uh police helicopters that were checking activity above that were just patrolling the area there were fire department helicopters in the area now Do I know it as a regular consumer type person what the ceiling is for these particular police and fire helicopters? No, I don't. But when I saw they were overhead, I brought my drone down. I used my noggin, folks. You got to use common sense. And if you're thinking, oh, because I spent so much money on this particular device, I should be able to dot, dot, dot. Get that out of your head. You're living among other people where you worry about safety. We're living in a litigious society. People are looking to sue anyone for anything. You have to use common sense. And all it takes is one idiot doing something stupid. Regulations come in. Oh, my God, you're playing me out. Did I win my award? You did. And uh, you just have to really be smart about it, Mark. You're right. You can't be stupid about this stuff. They're weapons.
2: It is your tech report. We've got way more coming up, including some hands-on reviews with the Nintendo 3DS XL, Parrots Jumping Sumo, and of course, the Surface Pro 3. All that and more
0: when your tech report continues. Your tech report will be right back. To your tech report. Yes, indeed. Is it your tech
2: report. I am Mark of Lalo. He is Mitchell Whitfield. On Twitter, it's at your tech report, slash your tech report. Our email address is contact at your tech Why do we give out the email address, Mitchell? Because we want people to uh, give us suggestions, give us some feedback, ask us questions. We do a segment every once in a while called Ask Your Tech Report. And how do we get those questions? Well, you email contact. Well, I know this. People yeah, email,
1: yeah. E- email contact at your tech report and then We'll either uh, do reviews and interviews that they request or answer their questions, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so good.
2: Mitchell, uh, we're going to spend some time talking about two very cool products, one of which is a, a, I don't know if you can call it a drone from Pirate, but we'll get into the jumping sumo in a moment. But first, a little gaming device called the Nintendo 3DS XL. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. There was a 3DS XL, but this is the new 3DS XL. There
1: you go. That new makes all the difference. Absolutely. And let me let me tell you just why I'm excited really quickly, and then, you know, we can, you know we can jump back in. Um, you know, we're very lucky. We have a great following of gamers, uh, both on the website and here at your Tech Report Radio. Uh, and we've gotten some great support to, to allow us to do great reviews on the PlayStation 4, all the PlayStation 4 games, the hardware, the Xbox One, a new hardware game. But you know what's happening? When we had these new next-gen consoles come out recently, last year, um, or I guess it's been over a year now, when those consoles came out, I felt that, you know, we sort of were spending so much time covering the new Xbox One, and the PS4, that Our Nintendo coverage wasn't what we should have been doing. And, you know, let's face it, when it comes to video gaming, if you didn't grow up on video games playing Nintendo consoles, uh, you probably were never a video game fan. Because Mark and I grew up playing playing Nintendo consoles from the original NES, the Super NES, to the Nintendo 64, the GameCube, the Wii U. I mean, Nintendo redefined gaming for our generation. And the fact that we felt that our coverage wasn't up to snuff, so what do we do? We reach out to Nintendo and say, "Look, we really want to get our Nintendo coverage back on track. Could you send us the new?" Well, to say they hooked us up <laughs> is like is one of, is a huge, huge understatement. So we have to thank not only the folks at Nintendo but the folks at Golan for getting the new 3DS XL in hand, along with uh, the new Majora's Mask for the 3DS, Majora's Mask 3D for the 3DS and 3DS XL, of course. Um, We're going to cover the game next week, because I want to have some more time with it, but the hardware itself, I've spent time with Mark, and I have to tell you, I am incredibly impressed. So tell me, what exactly does,
2: giving something the name, the new, the new (laughs) Nintendo 3DS XL, what exactly is new? Is it the way, this it look and feel, is it the, the hardware, the processor, I mean, what sets this apart from the others?
1: A excellent question, and it, the answer is both. Let's start with the obvious. Okay. Uh, the second you look at the new 3DS XL, you will notice some differences. Uh, first of all, they're now on the front. Uh, on the upper screen, of course, you know, the, there, are, there are two screens, the upper and the lower. Uh, on the upper screen, there is a second camera next to the main camera. We will get to what that does in a moment. Uh, there's also a new what they call a C-stick, which, remember on the old ThinkPads, they had the little nub in the middle of ThinkPad that you could use as a little mouse, right? <laughs> I didn't call I it a nub, that the Nub. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I know what you called it. Uh, well, now the C stick is right above the you know the X, Y, A, B buttons to give you extra control in game and also lets you control the camera. It really is an extra thing. And there there used to be accessories that you could add on to the 3DS and 3DS XL that would give you that second control stick. Now it is physically embedded on there, so you have that C stick. <clears throat> Excuse me. You now have two extra shoulder buttons. There were two before. Now there are four shoulder buttons, okay? The start and the select button have moved from the bottom of the bottom screen to the right. So you'll see now a volume control in the upper left, a 3D slider control in the upper right. So yes, they have moved, they added buttons, obviously the new control stick, the two new shoulder buttons, uh, which I think they're calling the ZL and ZR buttons. Um, So yes, there have been physical changes to this device, but the most important changes are two the twofold. Number one, what does that extra camera do on top of the top screen? That extra camera allows it to track your face to give you improved 3D performance. Now, why is this important? Anyone who's played an original 3DS Mark or an original 3DS XL, you played with it. The 3D yeah. effect was was stunning, but it had a very narrow field of that of, of where you could get that sweet spot for the 3D for the 3D um, effect. So if you moved your head to the left or the right just a little bit or up or down a little bit, uh, you'd see it sort of, you know, you'd see a little blurry line and it couldn't adjust to your head movements and you you'd lose the 3D effect which meant you had to remain incredibly still and you saw a lot of people holding their 3DS or 3DS XL like a robot not moving their neck because they didn't want to lose that 3D effect. Well, yeah. this new camera that's next to the uh, other main camera in the front of the screen, it tracks your face And that way, it knows where your face is looking and allows a much, much wider range of 3D. Very cool. And what does this do, Mark? I have to tell you. It makes it more immersive, right? Not only more immersive, it makes it, and I tried a bunch of games. I have my whole library here of 3DS games. And every game became a completely different experience because the 3D effect was that much better, that much more consistent. It kept you involved in the game with the 3D, which is incredible if you've never tried it. The other thing that you will not see but is on the inside of the system is a faster processor. What does that mean? Number one, load times. To me, it seems almost like they're cut in half. Oh, really? So much faster, not only loading loading in-game things, but just opening up new apps, loading up, booting up the system, shutting down the system. Everything that a processor does that isn't even game-related everything happens faster now with this new processor in fact there are going to be games that are coming out there and there aren't any out right now but there are going to be games that are specifically designed for the new 3DS XL to take advantage of that improved horsepower so yeah we're we're gonna see that coming in the future but I have to tell you you know a lot of questions we get first of all you know is is this worth an upgrade if you're an existing 3DS XL or 3DS owner Uh, the answer is a resounding yes for me I have had the regular size, you know, 3DS, and by the way, for people that, you know, because we do get questions about this, there is a new 3DS as well, the smaller version, except for North America right now we are not getting that model, which I'm actually okay with because I love the XL size, especially for grown-ups. If you've never played with the XL and you've been playing on the smaller screen, it is definitely worth the upgrade, folks, just because of the larger size, but this improved performance Every game that you play on the system, Mark, feels like a new game. Even if it's a game you've had in your library for two years, it feels like a new game because of how fast it moves, how good it looks, how good the 3D effect really is. So on every level, to me, it starts, it's $199.99. Nintendo actually sent us the Majora's Mask version, which, you know, has that gold color with the the graph. I mean, it just, it is absolutely beautiful. Um, it's absolutely worth a purchase whether you are an existing user or you've never gotten into the 3DS universe these games are absolutely mind-boggling and just to address a couple of things mark right off the bat Nintendo made an interesting choice I'm calling it interesting because I'm not really sure why but I know they're getting a lot of people talking about it right now on the web and they don't include a charger a- a power cord a charger yeah, I with know. this I was and, asking you know this. It, it's, it, I know you are I'm sorry I didn't me to cut you off because and I'm thinking to myself huh now if you're an existing owner, you, have one. you know, the, the 3DS the same, right? and the, 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 the charges are all the same, right? Yeah. So if you have one for me, upgrading, getting this, I, I already had one for my 3DS, you know, I have a couple of 3DSs here, no problem. But if you're jumping in for the first time and don't have a 3DS platform device... Uh, you actually have to go out and get yourself a charger for this, which is weird <laughs> when you're buying a new console. Imagine buying a new PlayStation 4 or Xbox One without it coming with a power You're all brick. excited. You're
2: sitting there on the toilet playing, and suddenly the power goes out. You're like,
1: Mario... <laughs> By the way, now we know you play on the toilet. Thank you for that image. I can never get out of my head. Uh, But you're right. So it is kind it is kind of a bizarre choice. I'm gonna talk to them and find out what the logic was behind this. But yes, it does not come with the charger. So if you do not own a three DS device or anything from that family, or a two D S or original three D S XL make sure to be. I mean, it does come uh, at least halfway charged. So you are going to get several okay. hours of gameplay. And by the way, you'll see increased battery life as well with the new 3DS XL. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. One ninety nine ninety nine. the new 3DS XL. Couldn't recommend it more whether you're an existing owner of a 3DS product or jumping in for the first time. You will not be disappointed. And as I said, we will have our review of Majora's Mask, which is a remake of the, well, you know, reimagining basically a remake of the, uh, the game from 2000. It came out 15 years ago. Mark, I, I feel so old on the Nintendo 64, so we're going to talk about the newer version on the 3DS XL next week.
2: So we've had our fair share of drones. We've talked about drones for quite some time. There yes. are many types of drones, but our mind seems to go with this assumption that drones fly.
1: Yes. Not all dr- I, You know, <laughs> I, I had to look this up. I actually had to look this up, and I was looking it up on Parrot's website just to make sure that I was correct in calling this a drone. Mark, you were absolutely right. We think of a drone as a flying device. They actually actually call it a mini drone. Correct, correct. But the jumping sumo from Parrot, and like you said, I think you put it in context a little earlier, Mark, where you were talking about the AR drone, which is always going to be near and dear to our heart, not just because it really started the, 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 the drone movement in the consumer sector, but because Parrot... Uh, was one of the first companies to support our website five years ago, and send us an AR drone and let us review it. So that that's a product and a company that'll always be a near and dear to our hearts. We reached out. They have so many new devices, Mark, coming out. You know, flying devices. But the the sumo, the jumping sumo, is something really different. And even you said to me when I got there, you're like, what is it? What does it do? I mean, what? and I think it's one of these products, Mark, that until you actually get your hands on a jumping sumo. I know this sounds weird, right? I could hear myself sounding weird. Um, Until you get your hands on something like the jumping sumo, you don't appreciate how cool a device this is. Mm -hmm. Now, it is a ground-based drone. You're absolutely right. It does not fly. It has two wheels, one on each side. Each wheel has an independent motor. Now, why is this important? In terms of maneuverability... In terms of maneuverability, when each wheel has its own power, it quickly can make 90-degree turns at the touch of a button. Now, it does use your iOS or Android device as its remote, so you don't need—they don't need to pack a remote in. Much like the AR drone, I'm using my iPhone 6 yeah. to control the jumping sumo. The controls work beautifully on your phone, which is strange because, you know, you like to think of having, like, little control sticks. I never had a problem with the powered products using using the software that they provide, Uh. This little drone moves very quickly on the ground. He has LED lights. He has built-in sound that you can program using the app. Uh, you can program sound effects. He can jump in the air nearly three feet. <laughs> he can jump out over obstacles nearly three feet. He has a built-in camera that not only takes camera that only takes photos that it'll stream back to your. Uh, Android or iOS device, but it can also take video. Now, if you're looking to take video with a Jumping Sumo, you actually have to get an external dongle, a micro USB dongle that attaches to him to actually store the video. Okay. It will store the photos and then the photos in turn can be transitioned to your mobile device. Yeah. The Jumping Sumo is so much fun. it started to feel like a virtual pet in addition to being a drone because of the <laughs> LED eyes. It has a gyroscope built in. It can do tricks. It can actually balance on the two wheels and roll around balancing thanks to its Accelerometer and gyroscope. uh, This device also creates its own wireless network. Okay, so all you do is download the free piloting app, uh, once again, from the Google Play Store, from you know, iTunes, the App Store, and it, it creates its own Wi Fi network that you connect to. And the fun part is, Mark, you can actually, because of its point of view, because of the camera rolling on the ground. It, it's almost as if you you were doing watching a video from like a dog's life from a dog's point of view or an animal's <laughs> of point course, of view, yeah. and you can you know you can go around your house very quietly and it's very quiet too. In fact, my son had one in here spying on me for about three minutes. He's like, <laughs> "Dad, what are you doing at the computer?" I'm like, "What are you?" And I saw jumping sumo like with his blinking eyes right behind me, <laughs> kind of creepy and kind of cool. Um, can you turn the eyes I, it, off if you want to? You you can, you can. I mean, but the eyes will also tell you it, it has a proximity sensor. It knows when you're going to pick it up. The eyes will turn red, which means the jumping mechanism is disabled. So it's safe Very as well. Cool. They really, I mean, Parrot thought of so much when it comes to this. You, you really can't quantify fun and what works and what doesn't work in terms of giving you enjoyment. Uh, the jumping sumo, I can't remember the last time I had this much fun with a ground-based toy and I was thought to myself, oh, am I going to be disappointed that it's not a flyer? Not in the least. This thing can jump. It rolls. It does tricks. You can program it. You can program an entire course for it using the software, using the go. piloting app. It'll and and it'll do a pre-programmed course that you can do. That's awesome. So like I said, it feels like part pet, part drone. It's $159. Again, on the surface, you're thinking, that's,
2: oh. No, that's a great price point. It, that's it, Honestly, it that's
1: pretty re- fun. It, for for what you get, Mark, which to my in my estimation is what value about, not the price, but what you're getting for that price. At 159, it's the right price point. You get so much, and uh, yeah, I think I think Zach would love it. Don't let him see it. Yeah, well, of course. Well, he's gonna see it when he comes here. But you know, he's gonna absolutely love this thing. It's amazing. So yeah, the power jumping sumo. Get your hands on one if you can, because it's the only way to really see how much fun this is.
2: When we come back, we're gonna talk all about the Surface Pro 3 from Microsoft. I had lots of fun with it. It's all that and more. On your tech report.
0: There's more. Your tech report after this. Now back to your tech report. Your tech report, indeed. Marka Flallow, Mitchell
2: Whitfield, with you. Yourtechreport.com, Facebook.com/slash/yourtechreport. And, of course, contact at yourtechreport.com. Did I say Twitter? At yourtechreport on Twitter, if you haven't figured that one out as well. Mitchell, I've been waiting weeks and weeks and weeks, actually longer than weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, to talk about Microsoft's Surface Pro 3.
1: Okay, now, you know, much like you had questions for me about the 3DS XL, the new 3DS XL, let's start off basically. This this device has a 12-inch screen. Uh, around 9 hours of battery life, a little under 2 pounds. It has a... How a, did
2: a you find- hang on. It, it's a tablet form factor. Let's put right. it like that, okay? A tablet form factor. I tested the one that was 128 gigs of storage. i5 processor with right. 2 gigs of RAM. So that's the, the benchmark we're talking about here. And there's a reason i a, get keyboard? to that. the
1: keyboard? Was there a keyboard that you... I had you have a touch-type case?
2: cover, they call okay, it. Great. I had the stylus. So I had the, the full Surface Pro 3 experience.
1: So starting with the hardware itself, what were your impressions of the actual hardware? Because a 12-inch display, we're, talk- we're starting to talk like MacBook Air meets an iPad in one device, but of course, you know, Microsoft-driven, uh, Windows-driven. So how was the hardware in terms of what you're used to using? It was great in the hands, a bit bigger
2: and a bit heavier than what I was used to, because right. I was used to something that does not have a desktop-grade processor in it. Well, when you say what you're used to, you're talking about your tablet? Tablet, correct. Oh, but, but this it's is a full the problem computer. exactly. Yeah. This is the problem. People perceive this as a tablet first, but it really is an ultrabook first. Then yep. it's an ultrabook that really can be used as a tablet if you yep. want to do so. And if you take that approach, then this device fills a lot of voids in your life. Okay. Form factor, it's great to hold. It's great to line the bed with. Its kickstand in the back is phenomenal because you can go infinite viewing angles. You know, you got a whole 180 degrees to work with, whether you want it a little bit angled up to type on, whether you want to have it standing up so you can be watching a movie. Let's not forget, because this is not running a, a scaled-down operating system, you can watch anything that's in your iTunes library. You can watch any kind of video that you download on the internet. You can be watching YouTube in full screen. There are peripherals to extend this to two or three monitors if you want want To do so, you've got the touch type cover that includes a trackpad in it. So, you're using this as a mouse and a keyboard. You'd pop that off, and suddenly you're using it as a tablet mode. You've got the pen. This is Mitchell, this this pen, this stylus. Right. You wonder in your life if you're ever going to use a stylus, and you're like, what could I use this for? Exactly. They have created their version of OneNote to work so seamlessly with this stylus that it astonishes me. You hit the back of the stylus, the top of it like a pen, like you're turning, like you're clicking a pen on. is note... a
1: digital device as well. The oh, stylus yeah, of is course. a digital device. Of course, on a it's got yeah, two buttons yeah.
2: on the front near your fingers where you can do things like cut and paste and select. Other one to bring up like a left-click menu. And the top has a button. When you press that button, OneNote opens into a brand new note and you can just start writing and it's not like other tablets or other devices where your, your writing lags behind you like if you draw a straight line you'll notice that when you stop it's still drawing the line this is instantaneous which means that you can really write notes you can take a pdf document or a word document and you can circle things add notes to something correct essays texts no matter what you're doing whether it be work or school you can definitely use that stylus to your advantage
1: well, let me ask you this because we are we want we do want people to know they there is a perception that it's just a really powerful tablet. It's not It's a completely powerful computer, a, an ultrabook computer that can be used in tablet form factor. So in terms of performance, if people are going to use it as a as a laptop. how does the performance compare in terms of using desktop applications like you were using?
2: I am a higher end desktop user. I right. use Adobe products for graphics, design, Adobe audition for audio. The first thing I did when I got my Surface was load as much as I could possibly do onto the machine. <laughs> I, I Office Stress 365, test. Word, PowerPoint, every Office 365 application, every Adobe application, from video editing to audio editing to uh, graphic editing. Then I would launch them all and use the device and see, okay, how bad can I make this bog down? Because, you know, this this persona we have of Windows is that it bogs down, there's drivers and things that... I could not get this device to slow down. Add this, you know, whether you chalk it up to the solid state memory, to the fact that um, it's, it's designed for this mobile purpose, I could not get it to bog down. And remember, I'm only using two gigs of RAM. On this piece of hardware the worst thing I can make happen was the fan would go work overtime because it was processing more and more and more and more but it didn't affect lag nothing was slow nothing was was hard to use nothing delayed itself nothing no no crashes no lags it was phenomenal
1: I think that that's the most impressive thing to me because as you know with two gigs of RAM RAM really you know RAM is what allows you to multitask in a computer if you're having trouble opening up several pro well add RAM to your computer the fact that this only has two gigs and it was able to do this much. Imagine if you were, had the four gigabyte model. I mean, it's just, it really is amazing. So basically, it is easily both a laptop replacement. And a tablet replacement all in one. I mean, you were satisfied with the way it, you know, with the way it responded.
2: I, I was more than satisfied, Mitchell. I was. It really did answer the question: Is there a device that I could take on the road with me and replace my laptop and replace my tablet tablet for the media experience and the laptop for the work, you know, you know, workspace type usage, et cetera, et cetera? And this could definitely do it. But there's a whole other aspect to it, which is software, which we're not going to get into today. Oh, my God, I see it in your eyes. You don't want to give this back, do you? I can see it in your eyes. It's already back. I've already sent it back, unfortunately. Oh, that's just sad. I sent it that's back. That's just sad. I know. So you um, loved it. I knew you would. I knew you'd love it. I'm i I did love it. I did love it, and that's, and that's just the hardware aspect of things. We are going to get into the software side of things next week because there's the Windows 10 technical preview. There's other stuff going on that I used on the Surface Pro 3 that was able to give me a good view as to what Microsoft has down the road, so it's, uh, it's lots and lots of fun. Surface Pro 3 from Microsoft. I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us this week. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Marco Flalo. We'll see you next week on Your Tech Report.
0: You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com.